Welcome back to another Warrior Wednesday. Today I have Shelly Dryman. This is going to blow your mind. I cannot imagine you listening to this podcast and not seeing yourself somewhere in her story. It is powerful and impactful. So make sure to tap in and tune in to this one. But before we get started, would you please leave a great review for this podcast? Because it will increase the algorithms and together we can help transform more lives. You're listening to the Cosmic Valkyrie Podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Louise. My Dharma is to help you completely let go of those limiting beliefs formed from your past trauma so that you can step into the power of possibility. My Evolution 10x Method will help you connect with your inner wisdom and trust, moving you from a hobbyist of your own life into a focused visionary so you can manifest the life that you've always desired. I blend subconscious reprogramming, awareness, and interpretation to help you ascend and align with your higher purpose and your higher self. Here you will integrate with your cosmic consciousness to create the expansion and success you came to Earth to experience. Before we get started, just let me state my standard disclaimer that all the answers on this podcast and in general are for informational and educational purposes only and in no way a substitute for individual medical or mental health advice. Welcome back to another Warrior Wednesday, everyone. Today I have Shelly Dryman. She has a story that all of you are going to be able to relate to. I straight out of the gate was relating to it. You're going to hear yourself in it. You're going to have hope. And she's going to share what she does now to help serve on a higher level. Shelly, just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, how you serve. Well, thank you. I'm super excited to be here. I always love to encourage women, inspire women with with my story. One of the things that I am really big on is taking action. Particular women our age, we are so mired down in just decades of this is who you should be. This is what you should do. We've all followed that typical path. We got married. We got kids. We went to school. We got a job. You know, all those things. And then something happens in your life that perhaps you weren't expecting. And you sit there, especially when you turn 50 and you're like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what to do. So we get so mired down. So one of the things I really like to do with women is help them basically take action. I love to build a solid foundation under women first. So what are your habits that you need to get rid of and habits you need to create? What are your core values, not society's values, not cultural values, not your husband's values? What are your core values and are you living them? And if you're not, how can we help you integrate those fully in a goal that you want to accomplish that is attainable and something that you really, truly want to do. So that's really my passion with women over 50, but we have to stop complaining. We take responsibility and we take action for moving forward in our lives. You are so, speaking my language. I love one of my uh, things, right? <laughs> right? One of my favorite things is core values because so often we're taught what we're supposed to value and it's not in alignment with who we really are. 
I'm excited to yeah. go deeper into this because like most life coaches, you have a story of how you got here. So I want to share a little bit more about how that happened and then talk more about your method and how you use it. Just share a little bit about what brought you to this point in these realizations yourself. Oh, gosh. You know, I always say there's two points to my story. One, when I was born, two very ill-equipped parents through no fault of their own suffered horrendous trauma, brought us four kids into the world, grew up in a violent alcoholic home where there was sexual abuse and physical abuse. So that really set the tone for who I would become. A lot of bad decisions made, lots of things that I probably shouldn't have done, but I know people who have gone through trauma and things like that completely understand what I'm talking about. So I married young, had three kids, and he was a great guy, but I ended up divorcing him because we were just going on separate paths and got involved with another man a couple of years after I divorced my first husband, who turned out to be a very narcissistic and emotionally and mentally abusive. Now, being the person I was at that time, I did not recognize those tendencies. I have since learned what to look for. And they prey on women such as myself. I was 40 then who had low self-esteem. Um, he was extremely good looking, extremely charming. So I just fell into that. And I think about it now and I'm like, who in the hell is that? Who the hell is that woman? You know, I just, it's like another lifetime. But anyway, I ended up leaving him. And it's the first time I'd ever lived by myself because, you know, I had kids and, and all that stuff. So first time I'd ever lived by myself and I had a really hard time disengaging from him. A lot of it was because he would just suck me back in and I was confused. I didn't understand what was happening because he would say things like, oh, I love you. I want you back. But then he was sleeping with lots of other women. And it was just such a confusing time for me. And anyone who's dealt with a narcissist knows that it's difficult to disengage and not only disengage from that person, but you're disengaging from that relationship. But I was leaving a lot of things behind that I really loved, like his mother, my deck, <laughs> you know, I know that sounds silly, but we had this beautiful deck that I had helped and I had, was leaving that behind. So, you know, just all these things. But I say these things because it led me to a lot of drinking, overeating, bad habits and tendencies, just because I needed to, to squash those feelings of anger and disappointment, betrayal status. I was incredibly sad, incredibly sad. But I had a friend where I worked who was in human resources and she pulled me in her office one day and she says, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to the doctor. You're going to tell the doctor what's going on in your life. And you're going to take medical leave. Now, they can't ask you anything about it here. You know, your doctor can prescribe that. You just come in and you tell the CEO, I've got medical leave. And they can't, they're not allowed to ask you anything else about that. And I was like, okay, I will, <laughs> you know. So I had a little party for a friend who turned 40 the night before. Spent a lot of time drinking. Woke up the next morning, put on the same clothes. I go to the doctor, I go to the drugstore, I go to work. I come home and I look down and I have a big red spaghetti spot on the side of my shirt. And no one has said anything to like, Shelly, did you sleep in those clothes? <laughs> you know, so that for me was like this moment of what am I doing? I was so drunk the night before, you know, I had no idea what was going on. So I took medical leave. So, you know, that's just a little background into how I was trying to cope at that time with some of the things that were going on. Before we get on to the next part of it, let's dive into this because there's a lot of nuggets in there. <laughs> About a month ago, I did an interview with Dr. Nay, which is the in real life second wife of the Wolf of Wall Street. 
which is an extreme oh. narcissist, right? I have seen the movie. <laughs> Hard to watch. But when we are talking about narcissism, because I haven't ever been in one of those relationships, but what I know from it, and she validated it to be true was narcissists are very charismatic. They know how to tap in to the vulnerable, the needy that are willing to kind of turn their life over to them. You know, there are personality traits you just have inherently, but also when you are coming from past trauma, we give up our self-worth, we give up ourselves, we stop making decisions for ourselves and we just move through it. And so often my audience is going to be able to relate and I relate completely alcohol. My first choice in habits were drug related. When I got to a certain age, I was like, oh, I'm too old for that behavior. I didn't solve the problem on the inside. So automatically I just transferred all that to alcohol and then it started destroying my relationships. But I love that you're transparent about what it looked like in real life showing up so hungover the next day. I've been there. I know what that's like going through a divorce and then trying to drink my way to distractions. I've been there. And then it adds all that shame and guilt to it. When you took your medical leave, I'm really curious about this. When you took your medical leave, did that help or what happened after that? So the medical leave, I was put on antidepressants, which helped a little bit. Then of course you, you plateau on those. It didn't help at all because it it was like the alcohol. It was just a way to mask something because I had not dealt with what was inside of me. Something would happen, trigger it. I would get so furious and I I didn't know how to sit with that emotion in a healthy way. So what I would do is I would drug texting and I would feel better for, for a second and then it would just all come back. So I spent a lot of time during my medical leave doing those sorts of things instead of working on myself because I didn't know how. I did eventually get into therapy, extremely helpful. And she was the impetus for a lot of things that I did. Started making decisions on my own. And I know this is going to sound silly to some people, but I actually went and bought a car on Valentine's Day without asking my ex-husband permission. I was divorced from this man, but I was afraid to say, I'm going to change my cell phone plan. I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. It was crazy, uh, but it's real. It's when you're in it, it's what you do. But what really changed my life was December 2011, super cold. I was on my way to work to a job that I was beginning to hate. I got stuck behind the train, which was a usual occurrence at that place. I was the first in line. I was hungover. I had already created drama because apparently the night before I drunk texted one of his, like one of his girlfriends or something. I don't remember. But the thing about a narcissist is they don't let it go. So instead of just ignoring my text, he fed into it. It was like this dance we had. He just fed into it all the time because he knew it would trigger me. So I'm at the train and I thought, I just need to end my life. I just need to run into the train. And all this pain will be gone. I won't have to deal with it anymore. But what stopped me was four grandkids. I now have seven, but I had four grandkids. And my first thought was they would be like, why did Anja do that? So that, I mean, just brings tears to to my eyes thinking about it now, because I thought, what would Cassidy think? What would Zeke think? You know, what would my grandkids think about this? So I, I obviously didn't go through with it. But what I did was... I went to work. I went to my friend's office, the human resources I talked about earlier. And I said, I quit. I'm, I'm leaving. Gave six weeks notice. Preface that is that I have a friend out in Colorado who knew my situation. She was always wanting me to come out there and live with her. So I, when I quit my job and gave six weeks notice, I headed out to Colorado. No money, no job. 
had a car, had a car payment. I knew one person out there and I was going to live in her basement. But I felt so desperate at that moment that I had to completely remove myself geographically from where I was. So I have a question for you. You picked up and left and you went to Colorado. Did location change who you were in the inside? It changed everything about my life. And I am so grateful and I feel so lucky that I was able to do this. But first of all, I quit drinking. I didn't drink out there. Every day I made a decision to do some sort of activity because for anyone who's been out to Colorado, the mountains and the trails, bright blue sky, you know, you could go running at noon in Colorado. There's no humidity. You know, it's just a gorgeous place to be in the summertime. So what I did was I hiked, I climbed mountains, I lost 40 pounds. I got a dress-free job as a barista in a little local coffee shop. In the quiet of Colorado, I turned inward, created a lot of self-awareness, figured out where I wanted to go, who I wanted to be, what I wasn't going to allow in my life. But the main thing that came from this journey is that I took responsibility for my life. Boom. You, yeah. I had spent so many decades blaming everybody else. It's my husband's fault. It's my parents' fault. It's my boss's fault. It's my job's fault. It's everyone's fault, but my own that my life sucks. So I was on a trail in Colorado. I had this overwhelming experience uh, running and I decided then you are responsible for your life. So what are you going to do, sister? And so what did you do? Like, I know that we talked a little bit earlier. Now you're helping people. So when you took responsibility, I imagine you started determining what outcomes you wanted to start creating. Right, right. So I eventually came back to Missouri and I'm now living with my partner, Steve. I've been with him for 10 years. He's a great guy. I just adore him. So we had a really great relationship. But, you know, I, I started thinking about my experience and I told myself, I said, I don't want any other woman who's 50 to be sitting at a train track thinking about ending her life because it's a horrible place to be. I just don't want that for women. I started putting down on paper some of the things that I had learned, some of the things that I had done to create this really fantastic life that I love and did a lot of research. I'm a total research geek. And I just put together this program called Unleash the Power of You, which is basically what we talked about earlier. We look at your strengths, we look at your core values, and then we roll it all up into this plan for yourself. You know, it's not, it's not as simple as the fluff that we often talk about. It's really hard work to create better habits, to stand and say, listen, this is a core value of mine. This is my non-negotiable in my life. It takes a lot of work. So I help women walk through that process to what that looks like for themselves. But basically, you know, in a nutshell, my thing is you have to take responsibility. I know you don't want to hear it because then you have to own your, you have to own your life. Nobody likes to hear that. And then you have to get off the couch and you have to take action. So that's really what my core message is. And the unleash the power of you is how I help them do that. I love that. And you know, a lot of my interviews, people will talk about the inside job because that's, that's what I do. I help create that change in external circumstances through internal work. But the reality is you have to get into action to gain clarity. You have to implement things you learn in order to gain a true sense of where you want to go. Yeah, exactly. And you know, what it is that you need to learn. But, you know, talking about the inside job. So when I came back from Colorado and and I had lost all that weight, the first thing people said to me was like, oh, my gosh, you've lost a lot of weight. 
how did you do it? I didn't want to talk about that. I wanted to talk about, oh no, I want to tell you what awareness I've created. That's just a byproduct. It is a byproduct so, because you're no longer worrying about and have all that noise and self-judgment in the back of your exactly. head. Therefore, your body's yeah. not in that continual fight or flight. Exactly. And it finds its beautiful blueprint, as Julie exactly. Scott says. But yeah, so it was so funny because I knew I'd lost weight and I, I did. I looked good and I was proud of myself. But I didn't I don't talk about my weight loss because what's inside is to me is what matters more than anything. What I'm seeing in the world right now, and a lot of it has to do with Clubhouse, I swear to God, there are these women over 50 coming together and transforming the world. Yeah, And it's so exciting to watch because it's a way for us to verbally come together, create that true wave of communication. And it's just been so exciting. I watch it and I meet so many more women that are doing exactly what you're doing, standing up showing women, leading them the way to courage, to self-love, to self-acceptance, stepping into creating their outcomes instead of life happens to me, which we all know it doesn't happen to you. It reflects you and really being a dynamic leader in their life and in this world. It's amazing. I'm seeing exactly what you're saying and I love it, but I'm also seeing so many women still stuck Uh, for whatever reason. They just can't seem to move forward. I'm seeing both of it. One of the things I talk about a lot is I was born in 62. My mother was a very traditional woman. Like she signed her name, Mrs. Carol Dryman. I mean that I'm like, you're not, that's dad. (laughs) You know, your, your name's Jean. The majority of women in my life were the very traditional obey your husband, you know, you're, you're the woman, you don't get a credit card. And here's a fun fact for you young listeners is that when I got my first job in 1980, they asked me the date of my last period. So that's what we, what I grew up with. But I also grew up watching the Vietnam war on TV, the, the bra burning. So I feel like a lot of us in this generation are like fence setters. Like we've got they're traditional. And then we've got what we saw with the Gloria Steinem's. And we remember what it was like when yeah. abortion was not legal. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I was of that generation where it's very, con- it was very conflicting for me. And I had to, to really break, break free from all that. Cause I think about my grandmother at my age and how I interact with my grandkids opposed to her. And it's just, oh my gosh, it's just Lynn. It's just, more than night and day. It's like yeah. two different universes. You know? It is. It really so. is. And you know, the surprising thing is that wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. But so much has changed in the mm-hmm. United States. Yeah. And I just hope to see more of this happening globally. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, this is awesome. I'm so excited to share this with my audience. How can they find you? I know you mentioned your group. What's your website and what's your podcast? Uh, all women over 50 life redesigned you can go to alexa and say alexa play women over 50 life redesigned podcast and she will i'll put it all in the show notes it has been wonderful having you this has been fun i've really enjoyed this thank you good thanks thanks for listening to this entire podcast if you love helping others then please share this via your social media with friends and family If you found value in it, they will too. Also, if you have questions, I'm here for you. You can email me questions to thecosmicvalkyrie at gmail.com. 
I might even use one of your question on future podcast episodes. Also, I do have a personal request. I believe that we are all here to help each other heal, grow, and evolve. So let's help more people. If you would, please leave a nice review on iTunes. It will help the algorithms and I would be forever grateful. And through your assistance, we could transform more lives.